Greetings and salutations. I hope you had a chance to chime in and listen to that very special podcast with Jason Warner and the Own Your Vision website. A lot of good information in there, especially if you are a black person and considering some type of entrepreneurship and you don't know where to go. If you didn't listen to that, please click the link below and get all the information you need. Also, stay tuned because right now we have Taylor Reed back on the show. For those of you who don't know, he is a diehard Eagles fan. I think I'm saying that begrudgingly because although I wanted the Eagles to win, it's getting a little much. Eagle fans are doing the most. But he and I have a lot to talk about because we're also going to talk about the death of the Colts linebacker um, who was killed by a drunk driver. So stay tuned. Game on is right now. Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's your girl, J. Ray the Fanatic. And as promised, Taylor Reed is joining us right now. He has on a shirt that in case you guys are watching this on YouTube and you see the Free head. It says free head kick. It's not. It's not anything crazy. <laughs> Nothing crazy. How you doing out there in the ATL? I'm doing amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm healthy. I'm happy. Prosperous. All of the above. I'm doing doing well. Doing well. Atlanta's pretty well. How about you? I, I'm How's good. Your- I'm good. I'm I'm definitely a little. Um, I wouldn't say homesick, uh, but I'm definitely missing. I'm missing LA a touch. You know what I mean? Miss comforts of home. Missing the comforts of home. I, I definitely miss, you know, going grocery shopping at a regular grocery store that has, you know, normal food that's good and tasty and healthy and fresh. But, you know. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for you. When you get back to the state, I have a bundle of, 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 of your favorites together so you can gorge and. and, and Feel like you back home again. Yeah, don't stare at me like I'm crazy though, because I'm gonna be eating I like that. I'm not gonna judge. You. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna expect you to, to to go ahead and dive in. Thank you. Thank you. Let's move on to a a more tragic topic. Um, in that Edwin Jackson, uh, the linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, was killed on February 6th, so that was earlier this month, and he was killed by a drunk driver um, while he and his Uber driver were standing on the interstate. Um, they had gotten out the car because Edwin was apparently sick and then they were hit um, by this drunk driver. He's since been arrested. The drunk driver's name is Manuel Salvala, I believe. He's from Guatemala and he has, is here illegally. He's been deported once already. So, of course, um, Trump, who thought that, you know, black players shouldn't even exercise their right to free speech, um, is using this opportunity to kind of exploit the situation. Do you do you know Edwin personally? I do. Okay. I, I Edwin Edwin is is from Atlanta, Georgia, my hometown. Um we grew up in the same church together, Big Bethel AME Church on Auburn Avenue, downtown Atlanta. Um his family, the Jacksons, um and my family know each other. Um I've been around, you know, these folks all my life. Um mm-hmm. I with with Edwin and his his brothers um, are closer to my age, Wesley and Adam, mm-hmm. um, and and Edwin was a kid, of course. When and but he was there, and I remember um, Wes used to carry him around because they got a lot of siblings. They, they, there there were there were ten of them, mm. um, and now there's eight. Um, they also, uh, when we were kids, they lost a sister mm. um, in a tragic um, accident involving an automobile as well. Um, so. You know, I start sorry to drift, but you know, my condolences and my heart goes out to um, the Jacksons, 
are here in Atlanta and, you know, want them to know that they're loved by many and that, you know, that they're being covered and uh, just, just to, to, you know, stay prayed up and then my heart goes out to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Edwin went to uh, Westlake High School here in Atlanta and, I mean, he was a he was a dog. He was a beast on the football field, mm-hmm. and but he 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 played he played awesome. He was a hell of a player, but you know the knock on him was that he was undersized for his position. He's a middle right. linebacker, right? You know, so he busted his ass. Um, went from walking on in college at Georgia Southern to starting middle linebacker, captain of the football team, leading tackler on the team. Transitions that to a dream for the NFL. Bust his ass once again. I mean, the kids, the, the kids' life is a testament of hard work and just going after it and wanting it. So that tenacity and that drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had it. He had it. He worked. He worked his ass all the way to the NFL. Mm-hmm. To you know, to the, the Indianapolis Colts, and and you know, he was loved by by many from from his profession in football to you know to friends, family, and you know anybody associated with him. He's just a good kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is a tragic, tragic, tragic thing to happen. Um, I don't believe in untimely death because, you know, by mm-hmm. that somebody died untimely, it's implying that we know God's clock and we don't. Mm-hmm. You know, he moves his he moves his souls in and out of this realm as he chooses. Um, the thing that bothers me, though, about the treatment of, um, of Edwin's passing is attempting to politicize it. Right. Um, and that's the discussion that, that you and I had, um, and 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 what what we're we're looking at here as far as taking a situation where you have a professional athlete who lost his life, mm-hmm. and as he lost his life behind the negligence of somebody who shouldn't have been in this country to begin with. Right. Um. I get the ramifications. I get the implications. But I don't believe that politicizing his death holds any place um, or any merit in driving the agenda of of immigration. I just don't believe it does. Do you think that if it was any other president, if Obama had said, wow, we really need to take a look at this because this young man's life was cut, sh- you know, I, I know you don't like to use that phrase, but cut short because someone was here illegally. Would you have a different position on it? Because this isn't his rhetoric this isn't like his racist platform do you feel like if obama had said it you would feel like it's coming from a position of genuine concern versus with trump it's just kind of like oh yeah i see i told you so that's a good question um i don't think that my i don't think that my emotions behind it would change i i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree even if obama was in office i would agree maybe maybe that's me me personalizing it a bit, I can admit that because mm-hmm. you know, I can see his face when he was a little kid, and then I'm thinking about, oh, he's trying to make this a political thing. I don't think that it should be politicized at all. Right. You know, I think that this is a, a personal thing to a grieving and hurting family, and to see, you know, the the life of their son being used as a pawn in, in a political agenda, that's mm-hmm. just unfair. You know? Mm-hmm. So I can admit that. Um, do I, do I believe that Trump's motives are pure? No, certainly not. Absolutely not. Um, 
I, I'm not going to say that, oh, but if Obama said his, his motives would have been pure, I don't necessarily believe that because I believe politics is, is a, a machine fueled by money. Right. And anything that they can use to push the money, they're going to use it. So I don't think that they actually care. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, I, but, but I still, you know, I stand by the fact that I don't think that, you know, it's fair to his family or I don't, and I don't think that it adds to his legacy by turning, you know, his, his unfortunate and, and tragic loss of his life into a political tool. I don't agree with that. I, I agree. I will say this to our listeners out there. My mom has given me tons of advice over the years, but when I'm driving, the one thing she used to always say is, I don't care if you've got a flat tire. I don't care if you're sick. If your car breaks down, find a way to get off the interstate, like never get out of your car on the interstate. So um, it's because, you know, you just don't know. And again, I know I understand this man was drunk, um, but sometimes we've seen accidents like this and the person's not drunk. They just flat out don't see somebody. You know what I mean? So just if we can just give if I can just offer that one piece of advice, like no matter what's going on, just get off the highway before you get out of your car. You're it's it's safer that way. And if you're still on the highway and there's no way for you to get off, stay inside your vehicle. Yes. Yes. Safer with that cocoon mm-hmm. of metal around you than you are out there on your own with nothing to protect you. Absolutely. So you guys, please be safe. And further, um, don't drink and drive. Yes. There's too many. There's too many methods of travel mm-hmm. that don't involve an intoxicated person getting behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft in pretty much every major city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's taxis. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do for your own life, there's no circumstance where you're all right and you yeah. can do it. I, I know myself. No, 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 no. Because the the best thing that can happen is you make it home. Mm-hmm. In between that, you have you getting a DUI, having to spend ten grand, and losing your license. Mm-hmm. You have you getting an accident and hurting yourself. Or you have you getting in an accident and hurting or, or killing somebody else and and damaging two families because now your family has to deal with you being in jail and another family has to deal with their relatives not being able to come home ever again. Right. So you guys take care of yourselves. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. And if you find it in your heart, the family um, of Edwin Jackson is asking for everyone to, to donate to his foundation in lieu of flowers. So... Um, I, I can't even remember the, the, the website right now, Jackie. I'll get it to you so okay. you can post it along with uh, with this podcast. But mm-hmm. it's, the Edwin, it's the Edwin Jackson Foundation or something like that. Um, I, I'll get it. I'll get it. I, I have it in my phone and okay. I can't think of it now. But if you would like to donate, no dollar amount is too small. Um, of course, his foundation uh, donates to community endeavors. Um, and, and it'd be wonderful with his legacy and all of the hard work that he, he put in uh, before he left us for it to be magne- magnified through people giving so that other people have better opportunities for themselves. So Absolutely. And we'll post the link to that below. Um, and in the meantime, Taylor, congratulations on your Eagles very first Super Bowl win. I'm trying to say this with as much enthusiasm as I can, because you know, I was going for you, but now y'all are doing the most. You, you, the yeah. fans is out there doing the most. It's a lot. Y'all doing, y'all doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, first of all, thank you. I know how difficult 
<laughs> but that has to be as a Cowboys fan to uh, to tell me congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was the Philadelphia Eagles franchise's first Super Bowl victory. Yep. Um, and it was a hard fought one and an unexpected one because at the beginning of the season, nobody expected us to. I don't even think that we were favored to win our division, Mm-mm. let alone make it through the playoffs to the Super Bowl and beat, you know, the the greatest franchise of this era. Right. And the coach and the greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion, in Tom right. Brady and Bill Belichick. So, you know, it's a testament to that city. You know, the city of Philadelphia is is one that, you know, it predicates itself on on hard work and, you know, and drive and determination and being the underdog. It's just the city of Rocky. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you've seen the, the the fans on TV and, you know, they got the Rocky statue behind, you know, the people all out in the street celebrating. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing for Philadelphia. Um, my uncle, shout out to my uncle, Reggie, mm-hmm. Reginald Wilkes was um, a, a Philadelphia Eagles linebacker for a long time um, back in the late 70s through the 80s. Um, so, you know, I'm, that's how I became an Eagles fan. I'm, I'm, I'm an Atlanta native, born and raised in Atlanta. And people always say, well, how are you? You know, I've never been one of those people that associates where I'm from with what team I attach myself to. Right. But the reason why I've been a lifelong Eagles fan is because, you know, growing up as a kid, that's what we knew. Mm-hmm. You know, Reggie played for the Eagles when, you know, we would go to Philadelphia to games and sometimes he would, you know, fly us to wherever they were playing, you know, and, and we would go to Eagles games. So, you know, I, I had Philadelphia Eagles footballs and Philadelphia Eagles gear as a kid, so that's what I knew. And you know, by the time I was old enough, it was it was no switching. So I'll admit, you know, this is that that feeling was so it was surreal. It's been something that you know, as a sports fan, as a football fan, I've been waiting for that feeling all my life. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, seeing my my friends that are are Cowboys fans, you know, be able to celebrate a championship. Seeing my friends that are Steelers fans, and mm-hmm. you know, I have a couple friends that are Ravens fans. Um, Tampa Bay Bucks fans celebrate, you know, a victory for their team in the Super Bowl. And so, you know, sitting there and seeing my team take that victory was uh, it was a beautiful feeling. And, you know, it, it, it was it was something that I'm like, man, we got to get another one. Now, I understand why Cowboys fans, as much as I hate the Cowboys, it's a story franchise. And, you, you know, know as the Cowboys had the Cowboys have a legacy of, of, of winning championships. And I'm, I'm proud, you know, that, that my team was able to begin its, its, its legacy of, of winning championships. And, you know, people now have a taste of that. So it's like making your first million dollars. Right. You know, that's the hardest million to make. But now it's like, all right, now we got the formula. Let's get back to it and, and get another one. So well, welcome to the NFC East. You finally arrived. You know, now the NFC East is the only division in the NFL where every single team <laughs> Has won a Super Bowl ring, so I asked you guys not to go in there and embarrass us, and you did not. And I'm proud of y'all for that. But but your your fans that are out there flipping over cars, and 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 stealing from vending uh, little seven like what like what y'all doing? What y'all doing? This oh my god! You know you look at TV, you see people. I saw a dude who had climbed up a telephone pole. He's standing on you know the the portion where the light is. And he, you know, wobbling, 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 and just projectile vomited on the crowd below. Come on. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I mean, the the fans, 
are doing the most. I understand the excitement and, you know, it's a feeling that they've never felt before. Right. So, you know, I, somebody, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and he said, you know, the Eagles are acting like they never had shit. Well, you haven't. <laughs> haven't. <laughs> Literally have not. Never had this before. See, but yeah. it's still Philly. You know, if you got pride in the city, don't tear the city up. That's you know, what it, I'm saying, yes. And then I'm going to I'm going to maybe be a little bit hypocritical and politicize something right now. What I just said, that, OK, I'll do it. Um, I've seen I'm seeing the double standard mm-hmm. in this just being considered rowdy fans being excited about a victory versus. Oh, yeah. If this was a protest about something else, be thugs who had no fathers at home and then we're yeah. all criminal we're and, and penitentiary bound. And, yeah. Yeah, it'd be yeah. a totally different narrative. You know the, the the narrative around this because I mean it's a celebratory thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know I'm not I'm not about to all lives matter my statement by saying you know it's people out there um, of of many different races, creeds, ethnicities. There are, but by and large, what you see is the majority out there acting a fool. I saw, you know, guys, they tore down the telephone pole and they're carrying it down the street, the light fixture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just they're, they're doing a lot. And, you know, the narrative behind it isn't what it would be mm-hmm. if the nation for the people being in the streets were different. I've actually you seen know? a double standard just on in the reporting of what's going on in Philly. I've seen, yep. I've literally seen when it's all, and I mean, every single person was white and they're flipping over cars and they're busting out windows yep. and they're pounding on their chest like they're some sort of animal. And it said, oh, you know, rowdy fans are going a little too far. I've seen um, fans who seem to be pro- predominantly black and Latino running mm-hmm. into a um, lo- little convenience store and taking out like chips and stuff. And then now they're looters and, and vandals. You know what I mean? It's the exact yeah. same situation, but yeah. the color is different. So I'm yeah. never going to really, you know, I'm always going to fight. I know sometimes I, my listeners get a little, I can never be too pro-black. It's not a thing that's made up. Um, so I'm always going to fight for equality because if we can't even get equality on how we celebrate, we can we can never turn off this blackness. Yeah. Every moment of every day when I step outside, I'm a black man. And mm-hmm. all of the, the all of the perils and all of the things that torment being a black man in American society are present for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't really care if somebody wants to hear it or not, because the people who don't want to hear it are the ones who don't suffer with it. Mm-hmm. So all it is turn off the TV, go in the house and they don't have to deal with it. Yep. But for every moment every day we're perceived as these things that society has built up for black people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, that I would like for people to understand is, that, Oh man, can we have this one time where we just, we don't talk about, no, no we can't, you can't. <laughs> we always have to deal with it. Yeah. We always have to deal with it. We're always dealing with the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the, the, my issue, and I, and I know it's yours too, is that we just want the people that we're talking to, to try to see things from our perspective. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's like they, they, their way of dismissing is like, well, well, we should just come together. It's like it's not for us to come to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not for us to come to you. Your side has to decide that you're going to empathize and see enough of what we've been talking about for decades mm-hmm. and decades and centuries in this country to say, OK, we're going to commit to making a change because that's you. You guys are the majority. Yeah. You're the majority. The system, the system is built to support you. It's not built to support us. Exactly. So we're going to 
speak about it until something changes about it. If it makes you uncomfortable what Jackie and I just talked about, we're talking to you. Exactly. If you got uncomfortable and you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to this no more. You the people that we're talking to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so for our brothers and sisters out there, you know, I, I still am an advocate. I understand that there's a lot of people that are like, oh, let's come together and, and that's your fight. Go ahead and fight that fight. But for me, I think we have to do it all on our own. So if you didn't listen to that podcast, once again, I'm going to say make sure you check out the Own the Vision podcast with Jason Warner because there's some great information. Yes. So I, it was a, it's a great podcast and I'm excited about it and I'm excited to get involved with it. And I think you will be, too. But one Absolutely. thing before we go, happy Panthers, Black Panthers weekend. It's about to go down, y'all. I'm about to go to, and, and, and they're going to have it out here in the CNMI, which is crazy to me because there's only like 10 black people out here. But I'm going to go see it like 50 times. I'm so excited. And <laughs> I hope everybody goes and see it. Because this is, you know, it, the funny thing is, is I'm also watching this show on Amazon. Um, I, think, I, I think it's called Absentina or something like that. And I'm watching it, and it doesn't even dawn on me until I see a preview for Black Panther that this entire so show, huh? So I'm so excited about that. I am too. But I understand now. I, I understand two things. One, I understand why it's so important for us as Black people, and I understand the narrative. People are saying, "Oh, it wasn't written by a Black person." I do not care. We have never had this opportunity to see yeah. us truly represented in a movie. But as I'm watching some of my favorite shows they've never had an opportunity to see see us either. So I understand why they're upset. They're like, oh my God, it's like a racist movie. No, it's not. Every single TV show that's on TV right now is pretty much the Black Panthers, but it's white. <laughs> so it, it, nobody, nobody had any complaints about Captain America. Exactly. Nobody had any complaints about the Avengers. Nobody had any complaints about Thor. Mm-mm. Even though it had a prominent role, that wasn't a, a Black film. Right. This movie takes... The continent of Africa that's that's been ravaged mm-hmm. by other countries, stripped of our resources, down from 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 human resources mm-hmm. down to mineral resources, um, and and it makes Africa the focal point of 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 civilization, which it is in real life, and mm-hmm. it shows Africa's power and its beauty and its splendor, and it shows her people as powerful. Mm-hmm. So. For black people, and, and this is, to me, it's even bigger for, for black children. Yes. Because, that one, th- that's our foundation, that's our future, and they get to see people that look like them mm-hmm. as the he- as the protagonists, as mm-hmm. the leaders, as, as the people in power positions. I don't care if this makes people wh- white people uncomfortable. I, I don't give a mm, shit. Like, not at all. Like, I'm done yeah. caring about who, who gets uncomfortable. I hope, I hope that... For the people that are uncomfortable, I hope that they're inundated with every single image of Black Panther power that that they can be over the over the coming months. Yes. Because this movie is going to go away. For people yeah. that I've heard from that that have seen it, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm a big fan of Ryan Coogler's work. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about Michael B. Jordan's performance, and he's on a tear. And they got. I like the fact that they went and they got black actors who aren't the guys that, that, that are on and they're popular. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who they are. They aren't the guys on the Pantheon. They didn't reach and go for Jamie. Or Idris Elba. Idris. Mm-hmm. And they went for young black actors that even though they're, they're, they they could be considered mainstream, they're still on that on climb. The rise, yeah. 
them in the biggest light possible. This is Marvel. Yeah. This is Marvel Studios. The Marvel, the Marvel Studios franchise is the biggest in the world when yeah. it comes to telling kind of stories. Yeah. Um. So, so you take a comic, a comic story that's where the black man is the hero, and I, I'm I, like, I'm over, I'm through the, through the I'm over the moon, over the moon. It's like, and I'm this is the, this is a great month for you. The 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 Eagles win, and then Black Panthers is coming out. You know, this is this is this is your month, Taylor. It's shaping up. It's shaping up. I feel like Cardi B over here, right? Like, Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor. Tell everybody where they can find you. Check me out on Facebook, Jaguar Reed. Instagram, The Samurai at T H E underscore S A M U R A I. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And you guys, don't forget to check me out on all things social media at Fanatic, or just log on to com, and we will see you later this week.